0: Hey, Bible readers, I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and I'm your host for the Bible Recap. This will be our next to last day in Proverbs overall, so soak up the wisdom while you can. Proverbs 27 opens with a pair of reminders not to be presumptuous. Verses 1 through 2 say, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Solomon advises us not to presume about tomorrow and not to presume about our importance in the world either. Verse 6 digs into our relationships. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When someone really loves you and they have to deliver a measured, intentional rebuke, the aim is to serve you well. It's like a parent lovingly disciplining their child. This reminds me of when Nathan the prophet approached King David and confronted him with his actions toward Bathsheba and Uriah those kinds of faithful wounds can be trusted. Who have I invited to righteously wound me? Verse 9 says, the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. And verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron. Who has that space in my life to sharpen me, to give me counsel? A good friend will do that. But an enemy won't hesitate to lie and manipulate in order to stay in good standing. Verse 6 reiterates that when it says, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Verse 7 may seem like it's an encouragement not to overeat, but given its context, it's possible that it means something much more than that. Here's what it says. One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry everything bitter is sweet. Then verse 8 goes on to say, Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. It could be that Solomon was trying to send two separate messages and ideas here, but it's also possible that they overlap. For instance, If a person engages fully in loving and being loved by their spouse, then outside temptation won't have the same kind of appeal. One who is full loathes honey. But if they find no satisfaction from investing in their marriage, then almost any kind of outside of attention has the potential to be enticing. To one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. So it's possible that the verse about honey and bitter and sweet is actually a verse encouraging people to invest in their marriage. In fact, a lot of the rest of this chapter consists of wisdom toward investing in what you have, whether it's relationships or flocks or fruit. Proverbs 28 hits a lot of us where we live. It points out ways that the mindset of the righteous is and should be different than that of the wicked person. For instance, do you find yourself inventing things to be afraid of? Verse 1 is a good reminder that we can trust God. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues but the righteous are bold as a lion. Ask him to increase your boldness today, to remind you that his spirit within you will equip you for everything he allows into your life. It is almost certainly more than you can handle, but it's never more than he can handle. Verse 5 steps into this mental space too. It reminds us not to expect the wicked and foolish to understand what is right and just. It says, Evil men do not understand justice but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. This verse reminds me that I shouldn't expect people who don't know and love God to act like they do. If I didn't know and love Him, I wouldn't care what He said is best for me or what He said is wicked. I would do whatever I wanted. But because I love Him and trust Him, I want to walk in His ways. He gave me new eyes to see these things and a new heart to love them. Those who don't know God don't have access to that perspective. When I remember that, it gives me a little more grace toward them, a little more compassion, and also reminds me not to feel so smart or self-righteous about my perspective. I didn't get here on my own. I didn't figure something out and get my act together. He made me new. It was His doing, not mine. That's humbling. Verse 13 addresses the way the righteous should view their sins. It says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. The New Testament affirms this. James 5.16 reminds us to confess our sins to one another. And 1 John one nine says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And verse 14 of this proverb is a perfect continuation. It reminds us of the importance of having a soft heart, the kind of heart that responds to the Spirit's promptings when He makes us aware of our sins. It says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. The fear of the Lord goes hand in hand with a soft heart. Verse 26 reminds us to put our trust in God, not in our own minds. It says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. This is really similar to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Chapter 29 shows us some of the traits of the proud, foolish person. What a strange combination that is, to be foolish yet proud. Verse 1 shows us that the proud aren't teachable. It says, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. And verses 9 and 11 point to the fool's lack of self-control and patience in an argument. They say, If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs and there is no quiet. And a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Solomon reminds us again of how wisdom holds its tongue. The next time I'm tempted to vent about something, I hope I remember that it makes me look like a fool. And verse 20 reminds me to think before I speak. It says, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. What was your God shot today? Mine was in 29:25 through 26, which says, "The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Many seek the face of a ruler, but it is from the Lord that a man gets justice." I'm tempted to seek approval from others, but their opinions are fleeting, and I'll be forever imprisoned by needing to gain and maintain their affirmation. On the other hand, God's approval of me in Christ is immovable. It's the only thing about me that doesn't change, and it's the only thing about me that lasts. I may want to have the king on my side, but what matters is God's viewpoint, because his perspective and his plan is what will be accomplished. This is super comforting to me, because he's not fickle. And not only that, but he knows the future, because he's already there. He knows all the ways I've yet to screw up and sin and rebel against him but he has his heart set on me forever. And he set his heart on you forever too. It's the best comfort. He never goes away. And he's where the joy is. Tomorrow we start the book of Ecclesiastes, and we'll be reading that over the next two days. We've linked to a short video overview in the show notes. If you have eight minutes to spare, check that out. The Bible Recap is brought to you by D-Group discipleship and Bible study groups that meet in homes and churches around the world each week. For more information on dGroup, visit mydgroup.org.